there. Welcome back to Grace for Your Journey. So glad you're with us. I'm Pastor Terry. Welcome on in if you're new. So glad to have you. Thank you for being here. We're going through the book of 1 Kings, and it is a phenomenal story. It's a story, and it's a compelling story, and it's an interesting story. It's about how God's people were so connected with him. They had seen so many phenomenal miracles done through King David. They were receiving the blessings through their next King Solomon, David's son. But then the story goes how they slid away how they ended up far from the Lord. And, and the reason why we look at it, and the reason why we tell the story, and the reason why we look at it is because, you know what? That can happen to us. If we're not careful, that can happen to our church, that can happen to our lives, and that can happen to our families. We can go on that slide. And so First and Second Kings sort of shows us a picture of how not to do that <laughs> and uh, what happens if we do. And so we're in First Kings uh, chapter 7. Now, let me just tell you, a lot of detail in this chapter, so hang with me because I'm going to give you the why at the end. Why does this matter? Why is this in the scripture and why is it important to look at it? So let me read it to you. It says, now Solomon was building his own house for 13 years and he finished his entire house. And here's what his house was like. He built his house of the forest of Lebanon. Its length was 100 cubits. Its breadth was 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits, and it was, now I'm going to define all that for you a little bit later, and it was built on four rows of cedar pillars uh, with cedar beams of, of pillars, and this it was covered with cedar above the chambers um, that were on 45 pillars, 15 in each row. Now, this, this uh, wood cedar, highly valuable, most expensive wood you could find in that day, so he spared no expense in building his home. It was incredibly important. And the people to work with it, again, he brought in from another country because of their reputation as great craftsmen and woodsmen. So, so now there were, there were windows and frames in three rows. There were windows opposite windows in three tiers. In other words, windows here, windows there. A lot of light coming in, a lot of breeze blowing. Needed that back then. All the doorways and windows had square frames and windows were opposite um, other windows in three tiers. Then he goes on, he says this. And he made halls of pillars. Its length was 50 cubits, its breadth 30 cubits. Uh, there was a porch in the front uh, with pillars and a canopy in front of them. So there was a big area that Solomon could sit and judge the people and render decisions. And so it was a, a nice place to sit. Um, and he made a hall of the throne uh, where he was to pronounce judgment, even the hall of judgment. It was finished with cedar uh, from floor to rafters, again, showing the incredible wealth and expense that he went to in building this, right? His own house where he was to dwell in the other court back of the hall was like, like workmanship. Solomon also made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had taken in marriage. Now, it goes on in just a few more verses, and then we'll, we'll tell you why this is important. Now, all these were made of costly stone, cut according to measure, sawed with saws, back and front. In other words, it was perfectly square, perfectly smooth. He didn't just do one side smooth as, a, uh, as an appearance, right, to look good. He did the backs as well, so it was perfect all the way around. The foundation was costly stones, huge stones, stones of eight to ten cubits. And above all, uh, costly stones cut and measured and then cedar laid on top of them. The great court had three courses of cut stone all around. In other words, there was a layer, a layer, and a layer. And the house of cedar beams uh, were, were all around as well. Uh, so had the inner court of the house of the Lord 
and the vestibule of the house. So the inside of Solomon's house looked a lot like the vestibule of the house of the Lord. And that was intentional. Now, why does all this matter? So let me let me just sort of tell you what this means in current sizes. So I had to write this down. Um, Solomon's house was over 11,000 square feet. Its roof was 45 feet high. Now that's called a gable ceiling, right? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty high. It was massive. Now the temple that he had built for the Lord uh, and we talked about that last episode, would cost about four, are you, listen to me, four trillion dollars today because of all the gold. Now, Solomon's house is estimated to cost close to a trillion dollars if he were to build it today, right? Because of all the wood, all the craftsmanship, and the gold that was involved. Involved. Um, Solomon was worth just his personal wealth, was well over two to three trillion dollars in today's terms. So why does all this matter? Why is all this even in the Bible? Because it's just like a bunch of detail that doesn't matter. Let me point you back to 1 Kings 3. Vitally important. In 1 Kings 3, the Bible says this. Now, the Lord was pleased with Solomon um, and what Solomon had asked for, and it was this. Uh, so God said to him, so remember, God came to Solomon and said, what do you want? He said, listen, I'm young. I don't know how to lead your people. Please give me wisdom to lead your people. That's all I want. Wisdom and discernment to do the right thing before you. God would have given him anything. But he asked rightly because he asked, again, here's principle, he asked about how he could impact the kingdom of God, not how he could, you know, have a long life or have a lot of wealth or take care of himself. When was the last time your prayer life was focused on how to advance the kingdom of God? Not just your satisfaction, not just your knowledge increase, not just, you know, uh, you being able to answer the Jeopardy questions, right? <laughs> when was the last time? Or your family or your job. When was the last time you spent extended, protracted time in prayer praying about your job, your mission within the kingdom of God? And so here's what God says. He says, God says, Solomon, now since you have not asked for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administrating justice to my people. I will do what you've asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be, listen, there'll never be anyone like you before you and nor anyone after you will be like you. Moreover, he says, he goes to second point. God goes a little further and says, moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. Why does 1 Kings 7 matter? Because it's a fulfillment, a partial fulfillment of God's promise to Solomon. We, listen, when you pray and spend time focusing on God's kingdom more than yours, focusing on the advancement of the gospel, more than the advancement of anything you want to be a part of, God honors in abundance. He always has. He always will. He wants his kingdom to advance, and he wants you to be a part of it. Listen, begin to pray like Solomon and you're going to get unbelievable grace for your journey. I promise you, you will. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you so much and thank you. Now, Lord, help us to live for you and for you alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God's blessings on you. We'll see you right back here next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.